How are you boys doing? Good. You sound good, by the way. It's because I have this beautiful podcast mic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, somebody, has, somebody has complimented himself. Yes, yeah. no kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a, just, a crisp, so just a crisp tone coming in. <laughs> you, you, you sound like your voice is being filtered through a machine of, of, of pure generosity. And, <laughs> and like it's tinged yeah. with gratitude somehow for a friendship so dear that you can't possibly describe it in words. I mean, I think that you, I couldn't possibly describe it in words, but I think that you have just come pretty close, Andy. Good. Uh, well, you know, I got I to help out my friends and neighbors. You're so... Are you just buying your neighbors microphones? Yeah. Yeah. We're neighbors now. <laughs> yeah. Dan, Steely, Steely, Steely Dan down the street. Um, Wait a minute, you live near Steely Dan? Yeah, but the, the guy, not the band. The guy, not the band. <laughs> and he didn't have a microphone. Because the band, they've got a bunch. The band has a lot, yeah. Yeah. That was really generous. Is he called that because he steals things? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never thought to ask. Oh, not the band. The local thief. <laughs> Stealing Dan. My name is... Mr. Sour Pickles. They are the visionaries. Rappling hook. Unlock it, Help them Close up with people. We're getting on my nerves, horse. We can't ever go back to Arizona. Hey, How did JFK get my spaghetti video? Welcome, fight Mondragor. Well, good morning, everybody. It's a little get, grab a little Christmas cup. Grab a little cup. A cup <laughs> of Christmas cheer, just with your friends at Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I'm Austin. I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And I guess who we're, we're going to sprinkle in our cup of Christmas cheer. It's our friend Amalia. Amalia. La, 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 She fits in a cup and it's very cute. <laughs> Does Amalia fit in a cup? Yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. Are we, wait a minute. You said we were sprinkling her in the cup? She's mm-hmm. in the Christmas cup. I can't be more clear about this. <laughs> Listen, Andy, it's a big cup, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. A cup, and it's a, a cup of Christmas cheer. And it's because it's, a, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> yes. When you're listening to this. Uh-huh. I would I would fucking kill for a human-sized cup that I could drink out of like a little baby mouse. Like <laughs> pick it up with both arms. <laughs> but it looks like a thimble maybe <laughs> oh that's good yeah like a giant a giant man-sized thimble yes. right. I'm, sure, I'm sure we can make that happen if you do a photo shoot in the right sort of set you could really convince somebody you've been honey i shrunk <laughs> <laughs> sure could do like a little dina martina martini mm. glass situation in a giant mm-hmm. thimble oh cup. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except you're oh, Rory like and you're a tiny baby mouse I like that a lot. <laughs> he's in a diaper too. Oh, that's also he's, good. he's in a mouse. He's in a baby mouse diaper in a big human cup. Yeah, he's in a baby. <laughs> he's in a baby mouse diaper, and he has a little ping pong ball helmet like Ralph from the Mouse and the Motorcycle. But his little baby mouse ears stick out through it, and he's in a big thimble cup. And 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 the it. cup is in a stocking <laughs> hanging over the fire. <laughs> Yeah, but it's also full of water and then he farts and there's bubbles. That's also, that's so good, Amalia. I fucking love it. It's so good. La, la, la. La, la, la. La, 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 This is, this is that Christmas energy that we need Amalia here for. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for bringing your power to our front door. 
Oh um, my god, you guys. Now that's also a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> I will bring my power to your front door. I'll bring my power to any door of yours that you I'll bring need. My power Austin. to just about any door. <laughs> Austin, you just tell me which door you want me to bring my power to. Okay. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, how uh, about- can I real for real talk? I'm changing the subject because Christmas is pure. Uh, I've got to put this I've- power somewhere right now. <laughs> I have never been so honored ever in my life as to have somebody be like, hey, you know what we need for a Christmas special is our Christmas friend, Amalia. It's the best thing. It's the best fucking thing. I I appreciate that. We do. You are not our only Christmas friend. I just will specify that. We do also. We have had Charlotte, who is very definitely also a Christmas friend. On a Christmas episode a couple years ago, but la, la, true. La, 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 but la. it just you know it felt right for the season to have you here, and yeah, Amalia, thank you for coming on for what we watched today, <sighs> which was called uh, this is called Robin Robin. This is brand new. It just dropped for us uh, like a week ago, and uh, this is on Netflix. It is a new animated short it's about 32 minutes long from Ardman which is the studio the stop motion studio that has done Wallace and Gromit uh Chicken Run personal favorite of mine uh, I can't stop talking about I Chicken can't Run. stop talking about Chicken Run I mean, <laughs> we've tried to head. pay him we've tried to pay him to stop and he says but no, I don't want you. to be a pie and we can't <laughs> get him to stop true. quoting it until that. we take the money away yeah um so this is Ardman's like little, like a little dollop of holiday goodness. Oh um, my God. I yeah. am not exaggerating when I say I had fully welled up before the title card. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. And we're going to talk about it in just a minute. I But I, I do want to give a little disclaimer that since this is 30 minutes and very available on Netflix, we are going to talk about all of it in depth. And it's not like you can spoil it, but also if you want to just watch it and then come back and listen to our chat, I think you should do that. Yeah, with that, let's dive right in. You know, I feel like now is when we would normally play a theme song for anything else that we watched. Amalia, Amalia, can you freeform it? Or we can make Amalia. You don't have to pay rights if I don't hit any of the notes. To Kenneth Jingle Bells? Yeah, Of the Jingle Bells Forge. This is Jungle Bells. of the sneak are simple and thus follow them close you could steal a crust or a crumpet rind or a pinch of pie or the grease from the tip of a soggy french fry crumbs and crust and stale bread soggy flakes and bin dregs any old leftovers will sneak home so we uh, we watch Robin Robin, and again, it, this is your chance to sort of pop off if you haven't watched it already uh, and go watch it and come please, back please, go watch it yeah. Go watch uh, it. It's so it's so dear. Yeah. So if not, let me let me just sort of see if I can create like a quick little synopsis of it. So in Robin Robin, 
we see a sweet little robin who is hatched from an egg and taken in by a family of mice. And these mice are burglars, basically are food burglars <laughs> from the local <laughs> British neighborhood. And yeah. they steal crumbs and they've taught this bird how to like how to steal food. How to sneak. Yeah, yeah. And she doesn't she's not really that good at it. And she's gonna learn uh all about her dreams and the world and a little thing called Christmas. Oh god, that's gross what you did. <laughs> that's a gross thing you did. Chestnuts. I'm I'm always a fan of these this type of content where it's like tangentially Christmas. Like Christmas is there, it's present, mm-hmm. but it's not nobody learns the quote unquote meaning of Christmas, not explicitly. Yes. Chestnuts. Mm-hmm. Um, Amalia, you're a professional caroler. You are a professional caroler. <laughs> and I do like that you're doing chestnuts, huh? No, no, no. no. <laughs> chestnut, what? No, no, no. Chestnut. I really like your rendition of this song where someone's surprised at the uh, existence of chestnuts. Like, chestnuts, what? <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> I had that experience a little bit because they're all, all over the ground. And when I found out people eat these, I was a little bit blown away. <laughs> like, you eat dirt nuts <laughs> from the park? <laughs> One time I genuinely tried to make like roasted chestnuts at Christmas time. I was like uh-huh. probably a middle schooler and I literally just picked them up off the ground. Yeah, sure. And like, this is like, I was young enough that the internet was also very young. So there wasn't a lot of like readily available a information about. Babish about yeah, how to exactly, make Yeah, yeah, there wasn't yeah. a lot of readily available information about how to roast a GD chestnut at Christmas time. And I did it in a little toaster oven and they looked beautiful and Aww. I was really proud. And then I tried them and they tasted like dusty moss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, because I, I don't know that I can honestly say that I've ever had a chestnut because I've had a water chestnut and that is not the same not nut. The same, no. So I think we've given people enough time to sort of bounce out and watch <laughs> all of the all of the special on Netflix. And so they've I assume they've come back now without stopping the podcast and they're ready for our discussion about Robin Robin, right? Sure. Um, Merry yeah. chestnuts. The rest of the podcast will be about chestnuts. <laughs> to you. <laughs> um I, I yeah. I I love it. Thank you very much. Um Merry chestnuts, one and all. <laughs> God, chestnuts, everyone. <laughs> so, so, so this show um, is, let, let's just go, let's just do a round of our like first impressions, right? And then we can kind of go beat by beat. Are you sure. saying you want to yeah. do a round robin? <laughs> yes. Oh. oh. Oh Christ, uh, uh, Andy! Why don't you start us up? I will. I will go first. I will take. I will take this egg and shelter it into my mouse home. Oh, he's vamping. Um, no, I'm not vamping. <laughs> I have thoughts. <laughs> I showed up prepared for this today with my Christmas energy. Uh, in terms of my first impressions, um, I basically. I basically couldn't stop 
smile. There's there's something about the visuals in this particular short that made me just like it, they had a shortcut to my smile muscles. Yes. Um, and it and it made me smile the whole time, even if I was like, because let's let's get this out of the way. This first thought you've seen this movie before, even if you haven't seen this movie. Right. Yeah. This is this is basically that like old Rudolph story to some degree. Sure. Like, with yeah. Different. Like, you know, different details. It's every sort of like fish out of water learns to accept themselves kind of kid story. But I didn't care because like, that's okay. It's it's kids entertainment and you can rehash the same stuff. And that's totally fine. These lessons are evergreen and it's beautiful. This is like an incredibly beautiful thing. Uh, we haven't mentioned this yet. Ardman usually does claymation. They usually work with clay. And uh, this actually was... Created by two guys, uh, Dan Ojari, I don't know how you say his last name, and Mike Please. And they are Mike, not please. usual Ardman people. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Please. Uh, Mike these please. weren't Ardman employees. Uh, they actually, they, they had this idea for a long time and they pitched it to Ardman, who agreed to like do it with them. That's awesome. And as a result, they sort of brought their own... Um, their own ideas of how this should be produced. And one of those is that they were incredibly attached to the idea of felted puppets instead of clay. <laughs> and these, everybody's made of felt. It's like felted yeah. wool. And it like literally everyone in this movie could be the snuggliest, wuggliest little baby in my <laughs> bed. So, and I would. It looks so good. It looks hey, so good. Fuck. It's all like needle felted. It's all like individually all the little fibers mm -hmm. are arranged or like even when when there's like a match that's struck the match is animated it, with like yeah the fire is all fibers. felt yeah oh, yeah God, it's so beautiful yeah i was blown away i'm just blown away by how this works i think yeah andy i think your assessment of snuggly wuggly <laughs> is spot on <laughs> i've been looking yeah. for the word and i think that snuggly wuggly is what i was looking for yeah yeah so I think I, I I used my time. How about how about you, Rory? Do you have any other thoughts sort of off the top of your dome? Well, yeah. So I mean, uh, without treading treading the same water too much, because it's all I think that surface level thought is going to be similar. Um, I was sort of in mm -hmm. immediately grabbed onto this sort of odd semi dystopic world where there's just <laughs> trash everywhere in this in this world where the characters live and the animals. And it feels like this sort of Wally uh, kind of planet. Mm. <laughs> and then we find out that they're in this sort of like normal human village that's just full of garbage. It's I was really looking. There was a, there's a, a dark undertone I was trying to place to why it was. Was this just for the fun of of making felt buttons and putting it in the, you know, littering a field, a mm -hmm. field with bottle caps and spoons? And buttons. Yeah, it does feel like there is some sort of macro story that we're not quite seeing all of just yet. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. There's, there's, I feel like there is a lot more going on than we really get to see because it is such a like short little concentrated piece. But also, our heroes mm -hmm. are like the garbage animals. Like they're yeah. the ones that live yeah. among mm -hmm. the like bottle caps and trash. And like the the thing that they dream about is like. Big crumbs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Rob, I love Robin Robin's whole, her biggest dream, the biggest, most beautiful thing she can think of is an entire sandwich. An entire <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> oh, God, I love that. it's so 
fucking pure. (laughs) But speaking of that sort of like underlying darkness, and and it is so pure in a lot of ways, uh, in I think almost all of them, something that I appreciated uh, as just like to make this thing a a little more unique and a little more, um, I guess, modernized. Uh, I was sort of expecting, so there's a cat that is hunting them, right? The cat's the sort of villain of the story. Uh, the cat does mm-hmm. not learn the spirit of Christmas, right? No. <laughs> no, like, this, this big mean cat is is fun and scary and uh, just drowns at the end, kind of. It's sort of a yeah. children's gets, gets washed away. Down, she gets washed she gets, away. She gets washed away, but she's like, she can't move. She's She's in this giant garbage ball. I mean, that's a death sentence for a cat. She's been entombed by trash. (laughs) She has, yeah. That cat is a huge Karen. Yeah. It's funny because there is also this running sort of kind of anti-consumerism thread running that is very slim, but it is um, because the character of Magpie, who's Richard E. Grant, uh, you can see his whole thing is stuff, is like having stuff and how cool that is. Things um, turn a hovel to yes, a home. Yes, things and how important <laughs> things are. And I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't take a very like the movie itself doesn't take a very like glowing impression on things because no, but especially because everybody's living in trash in I also <laughs> I also felt though that like because he's a magpie, he sort of allowed this this yeah. uh this character yeah. defect and then nobody's like he doesn't learn the importance of of friends and family. I mean he does, but not at the not at the expense of his things. Right. 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 He still gets to have some things. There is <laughs> when he when he sings his song about things, there's a really quick line though that like goes by that's something along the lines of don't have a personality. I let my chandelier speak for me. Or like something <laughs> like that. Things are great. I have a chair made out of a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> a shoe chair. <laughs> I even think that that shoe chair line comes and in a place where you'd expect a rhyme in the song, and he just says, "I have a, ch- I have a chair made out of a shoe," and it, it just a, feels I have so a shoe like. Chair. <laughs> <laughs> Hollow inside, you're not enough. Just stop that hole with a lovely spouse. Because these are things that make you happy. Who needs friends? I've got a shoe chair. He's very it's so fun. good. Let's talk yeah. about the songs really quick, because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, also it's a musical. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, again, for a 30 minute piece, it's like, wow, how did they pack all of this in? And well, there's kind of is... only three songs, right? And a lot of right. it's kind of like humming and sort of there's characters singing kind of diegetically. And then I think three musical pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's like a sneaking song that kind of comes back at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a, there's a, the magpie song about things, which is, is literally is literally Mr. Burns' <laughs> See My Vest from The Simpsons. I mean, it is... See my bathtub, it's designer, finest china. Well, kinda. Simply must have the latest bottle top. I love it, so I'll never stop. This chair. See my vest, see my vest, made from real gorilla chest. Feel this sweater, there's no better than authentic Irish setter. See this... And then the last song is, is uh, uh, Gillian Anderson as the cat doing some kind of nefarious villain song just to sort of get one in there. Um, yeah, you I, I like that. I liked it. Yeah. I just, if I have to say, if there's anything that to me was the weak link of the movie, little sh- yeah. short, yeah. Um, was, I think was the music. 
because it was serviceable. It was fine. And they did a lot of cool like motion and blocking of interesting things happen. But the songs felt really like text dense. Yeah. Like, well, it, it was, was, it was kind to... of like it was kind of like Over the Garden Wall. Now, granted, that music is beloved. But the way that Over the Garden Wall is not really a musical, they just put in a lot of music i guess mm-hmm. yeah like quirky actually, little half songs i kind of liked yeah it was it's uh, this is quirky little half songs too which i actually kind of liked it felt kind of right-sized to the piece yeah. that yes. they were making like it yes. would have been because this isn't the sort of like saccharine over the top whitewashed like polished you know like heartwarming christmas story for the ages like it's they're not just, trying to sell it's the just soundtrack a little, yeah it's just a little it's just a little story about like a robin learning about herself and her family and like also there's christmas it's a christmas yeah. it's a christmas short in the way that die hard is a christmas movie um I, yeah, here we go. Here we go. I don't. I am not here to fight. Um, no. no, I just mean like if they had been, if they had been like big, you know, full composition show tunes, like it wouldn't have been true to the to the thing. I think like no, this is a very personal story and very yeah, like, small in these its, aren't, in its yeah. world. These aren't show tunes. They're songs. <laughs> like, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I liked them. I that's the type of thing that tends As to sort they, of get they, under my skin. But I like yeah. these. Well, they're they're in the world of the story, right? Like the the sneaking song is a song that Daddy Mouse taught all of his babies for ha- uh-huh. like we yeah. sing the song before we get ready for a heist before we become borrowers yeah. or whatever. Oh my yeah. god, single dad <laughs> raising five kids. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah. it's so great. Yeah, um, well, that's a great place to to yeah sort of jump in on the beginning. Um, I only noticed this part from the very beginning of the, of the movie by starting it a second time but mm. we you know we get to see the the this world we sort of see like the frogs these beautiful felted frogs jumping through the water and like hedgehogs and little things like that <laughs> and we go up to this tr- this tree and on the branch is a nest uh with the egg that will be our hero robin the robin but i did not notice this before that nest has been destroyed and there are feathers everywhere and the cat is walking past, <gasps> uh, heavily yes. implying that. Oh my gosh, I missed that entirely. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But the cat literally murdered Robin Robin's whole family and they never cover it. And there's never like a reveal in the movie. But yeah. again, those sort of like little darker undertones that you don't uh, pick up on immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the, so this egg sort of rolls down and we see this little journey, like the egg lands on a lily pad you, travels which you've seen down. before right yeah yeah, it's yeah this whole like rube goldberg little Baby in the basket yeah. contraption straight into the it's, nest it's of a the scene mouse you've family. seen before but it is very nice to kind of showcase what kind of animation we're working with and what kind of care yeah. to detail has been put into it fucking top tier yeah yeah top tier shit what you guys were saying earlier about this being like a really familiar story, like that we've seen like this story, the fish out of water thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I loved, I mean, they just made it, they made it their own so well. And there were so many oh, details. Course. There were so many details that were new and fresh. And one of those things that I really loved was they would do those um, sort of like a, like a, like a, like a jump transition. Like, a, yes. like it would like in a frame, like the title card comes up and it's like Robin, Robin and it's springtime, whatever. And then the next frame, the very same title card is like all snowed over and it's like, okay, it's winter now. It's like a wet fart. Yeah. And like, 
every time that like jump cut happens, it's like a passage of time where it's like the stuff that happened in between, you can assume. Like we don't have to yeah. cover it, you get it. And I yeah. really I really liked that. Convention. I think they made a they made a smart choice by doing this time skip. I I I don't want to call it a, I had a morbid fascination. I really wanted to see what they were going to do with the sort of like, you know, embryotic alien head that comes out of the egg with the felt <laughs> animation. I will, I wanted to yeah. see what, how they did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, you, we do miss that. We do miss the bird co- sure. coming out of the egg, but, but also the baby Robin. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? It's She's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> the little, can we, we got to uh, clip drop the little, the little tweet, tweet, tweets. Uh, because mm. it's... Yeah, the little tweedly Robin. I also want to say an interesting thing that they they also completely gloss over with this time skip that I really do appreciate because we didn't really need to spend time talking about it. Sometime during the time skip, time skip, we've gone through all of the wait, I'm not a mouse drama. Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. That would normally be a part of a movie like this, but it's like, no, Robin knows that she's a bird. And is just trying to be a mouse and is not really that concerned with like their bird identity. It's it's just like, well, yeah, but I'm a mouse. I've never even learned to fly. It's like fine. And like I kind of I kind of appreciate the way that we can just especially in a 30 minute like format that we can kind of skip those beats for Economy the story. Of storytelling. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because you don't need it. Right. It's the same. You, mm-hmm. You're still a character who is. Like she understands, like we don't need to we don't need to exposition anything that the audience can't clearly observe. Well, I feel yeah, like right? that that beat was kind of covered by all the all their little heads pop up and then her head pops up and she like adjusts her ear headband. Like yes. Like you don't have to know about how that headband came to be to know that at some point when she was like a young baby Robin and realizing that she wasn't a mouse literally and blah 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 and like yeah. well, well, maybe would some ears help like ears would help. Like, I, like, <laughs> like, and also they never like there's never any any discussion of the fact that like oh no. she's our she's our adopted sister you know like yeah. she's you know like <laughs> she's like, like there's never any discussion there's never any implication that she's not a mouse of she's yeah. the mouse family she's, <laughs> she's terrible at being a mouse but everybody's kind of just fine with that right they're like well what are you gonna do because they love robin yeah because yeah, yeah. and love- we also love robin and we yes. also love robin <laughs> The yeah. voice actors for these kids are incredible. I They're love really these little good. kids. They're really my good. <laughs> my favorite. So there are like what four mice, five mice. I don't really remember. Uh, the other ones are not particularly notable. There's like a kind of a grumpy older brother, and then there's like these twins, and then there's a little one. And the little one is my favorite because he's a little nasty bitch. <laughs> yeah, and, he is. and he ev- likes everyone. Cats. <laughs> Yeah, everyone is always like, oh, I can't wait to go find crumbs in these humans house or sorry, the humans houses. And and the littlest one is like or like like a fucking moldy donut or something like really just sludgy, nasty shit. Like I just want to eat I want to eat shit that's been left out for so long. I'm oh God, I just love the grossest. (laughs) During During the sneaking song, that little kid is the back of the line and they sing with crumbs in our hands and warmth in our hearts and the sludge from the tin of a moldy jam jar. When we're done, we disappear. Nobody knows that we were here. With crumbs in our hands and warmth in our hearts and the sludge from a tin of a moldy jam jar. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's a little nasty bitch. He's and I a love little him. nasty bitch. He also loves he loves cats and kittens, which I think is actually kind of wonderful because it's like little boys being obsessed with tanks. We're like, <laughs> or like, a, or like, or like, you know, like huge machinery or whatever. Like if right, you were getting totally. chased down, if you were getting chased down by a tank. Who's trying yeah. to kill you? Like, there's oh, no whoa, moment awesome. to be like, "Whoa, cat!" You know, like, but <laughs> yeah, I don't That's know. So I, cool. I <laughs> I liked that little aspect of the fact that, like, no, you're supposed to. This is supposed to be scary to you, <laughs> and it isn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So they 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 do their sneak. We sort of accompany the family on a, on a sneak, which seems like a routine thing, and we get yeah. to see just how bad. Robin, Robin is at sneaking and this is going to be a recurring thing, but they do the physical comedy of Robin kind of tripping and ruining everything she comes across (laughs) with zero self-awareness, zero, zero self-awareness. Yeah. She has no idea she's causing the most chaos possible. She thinks she's sneaking like a pro. It's like Metal Gear Solid music is playing in her head Mm -hmm. and, and that's how it is, which is, which is so We'll talk about it when we get there, but it's so perfectly paid off in my favorite scene of the. Oh, of the yes. when yes. Magpie Cop is there? Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh my God. Oh my oh God. God. I can't wait uh, to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, fuck. <laughs> so they, they do this, they do this sneak and they fuck it up real bad, basically. Uh, we have to abbreviate some of this just so yeah. we don't take a, a three well, Robin hours, goes but... for a full sandwich and blows it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the other mice uh, have, have, have accumulated their crumbs and sludge. And are on their way out. <laughs> and there's the whole message of like, we take only what we need. But right, Robin's right, right. like, I want trace. a fucking sandwich. I want a yeah. full slammy. And it goes all kinds of things. <laughs> so yeah, Robin bungles this whole job and gets separated from the family. Yeah. Um, and uh, basically then at that point, you know, the dad has to go back to save her. It really, it feels like that beginning of uh, Arietti. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a lot like that, the, Secret World of Varietti, if you ever seen that. That's also a great movie uh, about little people taking stuff from a house. And uh, they, you Is know, the ultimately have to. I mean, I know it's Japanese. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah the, it is the, the borrowers. Right. Miyazaki's yeah. borrowers. Yeah, basically. Miyazaki's uh, borrowers. Yeah. Um, but so that the house is basically, they do a, another one of these cuts, these sort of comedic smash cuts from the family noticing uh, Robin and her father to... Yes. Robin's father crossing the house out on a ch- on a grid of all of the like houses in the neighborhood that they can go to. Um, yeah. And this yeah. is like almost the last okay. house crossed off. Not that house anymore. I also something right. that I love, like that little um, the encounter with the human, like uh, we're so familiar with the trope of like, oh, it's the people of the village and they like have an encounter with like the the like snow monster you know like the abominable snow the yeti if you will um yes the you know with the monster and stuff and i love that the humans in this like without without overplaying it the humans are absolutely the monsters and like they have those like huge rumbly voices like you just when you hear a human voice coming it's like and they have uh, the sort of james the giant or not james the giant james and the uh, what the fuck uh they have the sort of uh giant steps yes yeah. yeah, yeah. I I like their, their Jack and the their... Beanstalk. Jack and the Beanstalks. I got I got I got James. I got stuck up on James. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Which James has? Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't complete the sentence. I couldn't get there from James. Um, 
they're they're almost like sort of uh, Lovecraft unknowable great ones in a yes. weird yeah, way. Yeah, they're they're yes. always in, in silhouette. Right, we never see them fully defined. Yeah, they don't need to be anything else. Nothing, yeah. nothing about the humans in this matter. Like nothing about them matters as individuals. We don't have to know anything no. about them at all. Just the fact that they're like big, scary, which is great. They're, I mean, they're not really. They're not a giant threat, but they're they're this sort of existential threat, right? Like when when you get caught sneaking in their house, nobody's yeah. like we're. They just know that there's going to be mouse traps from then on out. Like also. Yeah. I don't want to see what a person looks like made of felt uh, in this <laughs> style. Like, I don't even think, I don't think it works. You that's know? a good point. That's a good, that's um, a good point. So there's just, there's one little joke that I love while we're still in this scene of them back at their house uh, where they are now, because they couldn't get their score of food. Uh, they're like starving, but there's still some food left because they mentioned there's still bag of Earl Grey. Uh, <laughs> A single tea bag of Earl Grey is so nasty. It's nasty, so but it, it's 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 both funny and I think establishes the kind of movie we're watching. This is mm-hmm. they're not they're not eating just to survive. Like these are not. This is not uh, Grave of the Fireflies, where the mice <laughs> are on yeah, death's God. door constantly. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had a similar feeling to that when I was a kid. Like there was a running joke because when I was a kid, my my brother and I would be like, is there dessert or like, do we have any candy or whatever? And the universal answer, especially from my dad, was there's bananas. which just like yes okay technically that is food that has that is sweet in flavor but also like oh my god there's nothing in the world that i want less than a fucking banana right now and what i have in my mind is like yeah fun size bar bag of earl gray (laughs) bananas are the worst treat for kids like some kids love bananas like they're not bad but it's 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 nutritious and work Bananas (laughs) bananas are fine when you eat them as like fruit or, or like a sure. snack but when you're like i wanted a cookie and i got a i wanted a cookie banana. i got a banana oh earl gray yeah and then earl also gray. the also the shitty older brother being like i'm sick of earl gray like, <laughs> <laughs> and like the little tantrum that he throws is just really delightful enough of that come on we've still got plenty to eat there's the uh, the back of earl gray I'm sick of Earl Grey! <laughs> so at this point, uh, Robin Robin feels bad because she feels like it was her fault. And because it was. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, so she decides there's one house left on the list, on the chart. And she decides to go off basically on her own to uh, steal crumbs for the family for it. And I'm going to abbreviate some stuff. She runs into, we sort of introduce the cat. Uh, and she runs off from the cat and winds up meeting Magpie. Yeah, Magpie. Yeah. yeah. Magpie's really fun. Magpie's got a broken wing, so uh, which feels very much just sort of like a convenience from the storytelling of like uh, Robin never learned to fly and the Magpie can't fly. So we're, we're sort of on equal footing and we're wandering around on the ground. Yeah, but uh, also but I- everybody's a little bit broken. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. You're right, I am broken. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows I'm talking about Andy, who is broken. I'm in pieces. But 
yeah, I like Magpie a lot. He is like we mentioned earlier, he's obsessed with things. Uh, and he's little. He's he's got like very mild sort of like hermit vibes. He's he lives in the inside of like an old like withering tr- like half tree half stump that's like hollowed out on the inside. And it's he a has snag. It's a magpie snag. It's a magpie snag. snag. And he has completely ruined his home with just bottle caps upon bottle caps and shit hanging from every possible place. He sings this delightful song. Uh, At one point, he has an incredible line that I want to drop where he's like, you know, he's 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 showing Robin around all of his stuff. And one of the items is this is a limited edition piece of string. (laughs) 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 And I think it's sort of sold by the animation where it's sort of goes into the camera and, and turns into a transition. It's very nice. Do you know yeah. what? That line, actually, I was like totally engrossed. And then this is a limited edition piece of string happened. And my brain was like, oh, yeah, this is for Saturday morning Tuesdays. <laughs> 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 like I just I suddenly just like had a, had an image of all of you guys hearing that line and being like, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that's going to come up. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's going in the show. That's going in. Uh, and so this is where we learn the most important piece of information for this part of the story, which is that Magpie has kind of his own conception of what Christmas means. God, I close. love this so much. But it's, it's sort of powered by wishes, but yes. it's mostly what we understand. Like it, it, It's close enough that it works and different enough that it's funny. It was perfect. So yeah. Magpie has created his own folklore. Like he's, yeah. he's made observations. There are gaps in his knowledge so he has come up with a story that works to fill in those gaps right yeah because he has a viewpoint of one of the are all the family homes and he can see through the window the trees with the stars on them the christmas trees yeah so he can only assume sort of from what he's able to see through the window they put this tree they find this pointy tree of a wishing tree and they put (laughs) a star on top and then, with all their wishes, then they just get a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, then what and shows up in the shit. morning... Magpie, he loves it. It's yeah, what yeah. shows up in the morning is things! <laughs> yeah. And you get things, you get the best things that you w- ever wanted. Yeah, oh my god, to, it's You know, so to good. which, you know, asking Robin what, what she wants is, I mean, a whole sandwich. A whole sandwich! <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a whole sandwich. No, never mind. Yeah, and so of course now this this turns into uh, uh, another another heist, but this time it's Robin and Magpie because they're going to go in and steal <laughs> this wishing star. And Magpie's like, "How are we going to get in there?" And Robin's like, uh, "I was raised by mice. I'm hella good at sneaking." Just like what you and, said that she's like so absolutely confident of her sneaking abilities and has yeah. no conception of the fact that this might even slightly go awry. Well, I don't know. It seems like she has is pretty self-aware and that she kind of sucks at it, but then in comparison to a bird, she's pretty confident she's going to be the the ace ace up the sleeve. Yes. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Speaking of being up the sleeve, can we talk about <laughs> Magpie putting on the sock? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Robin does her whole routine going through this living room and she like Every conceivable thing that she could ruin or knock over or break, she does. There's like a wine that wine cup that gets knocked over. She ruins. She almost topples a whole thing well, of Jenga. To, to preface what you said, she she uh, she told Magpie, "Do what I do. I'm an expert. We're gonna be mm-hmm. fine." 
Right. Uh, yeah. So then, yeah, yeah. She, and she, she she's also like Jenga. she's also like humming the whole time. She's like humming she's and humming, humming and whistling, singing the little song <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and then in probably the funniest thing that happens in this entire short. Magpie's like, okay, you told me to do exactly what you do. You did. So, and he goes and he recreates all of the horrible things she did. And she's watching, going, like, this fucking idiot. He's this just rude. Fucking guy. <laughs> and well, his- I, I like that it was deliberate, too. It wasn't like he kind of copied her exact. It was malicious. Um, it was like malicious yeah, he, compliance. Right? Yeah. He saw her. He saw her bump into a teacup and knock some and knock some tea over. So he like smashes a teacup. Oh, there's a yeah. there's a wine glass that she oh, the knocks wine glass, over and right. pours wine into an open purse. Yeah. And he takes like a he takes like a like a like a flying kick flip uh, into the Jenga tower. Like, yeah. he, like, he, like, what I was just doing what you did. Just kicks it over in midair. God, it's so good. But then in 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 that same sequence, he like shimmies his whole body into a sock. And then yeah. it's just this like bird filled sock. And it's the visual the visual of it is so fucking funny. It's and, really good. <laughs> it's Yeah. Also even all, also during this whole sequence too, there's like diegetic music happening with the sound effects of the like like a tube of three different tubes of wrapping yes. paper get bonked over, and each bonk is like part of the part of the score. Yeah, you've seen that, right? Where yeah. like everybody adds little tinks and tonks to this sort of large soundscape. Yeah, it's it, just so tune. clever, and it all works together so deliberately. It's just I nothing am. is here by mistake, and it all just looks so so good. There's so yeah. much. Yeah, I think that's that's probably a um, a, a serious prop to to claymation, or in this case, feltimation, where like <laughs> it, it is just impossible to do anything by accident, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's I feel all like it's all incredibly purposeful. They really found the line between like utter whimsy and like saccharine over the top syrupy like storytelling kind of like cuz this thing like every minute of it is just so full of like whimsy and joy and childlike wonder, but there's nothing about <laughs> it that feels like that feels whitewashed or like right. um like i don't know so like the sanded down well, version i something just i, I brought up it. with klaus amalia was that there was, oh, was a christmas movie watched a little while ago uh, yeah klaus um, okay first of all klaus is my whole sexuality this should not surprise <laughs> anyone <laughs> second oh, of yeah. all second of all uh, i fucking love that movie just a, sen- a sexy santa claus like yeah, a the, really the big hot santa, santa. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I I love 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 Klaus. Please, please. So talk about what, it. what I what I was mentioning in that was that like a Christmas movie in a weird way it exists sometimes as a great piece of art that nobody was gonna make if you can't but if you if you can't kind of like drive an audience to it. But as a Christmas mm. movie, you have a sort of built in opportunity to make something special and sure. um and not only do you, does it get to exist as a christmas special for anybody who loves it to watch every year but like it, it's just a, it's just a chance it's a in 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 our late stage capitalism it's just a chance to make something cool that yeah. probably couldn't gotten made if you don't work christmas into it 
Mm-hmm. And right. a lot of people squander that chance with bad content. A lot of people do squander that chance. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they know how easy it is to make their money back. It's, it's a cash grab as often as it is a yeah. uh, artistic opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like how I just, I, I, my family's never been one of those, but some families that just like, oh, this is a Thanksgiving movie. This is a Christmas. We got to watch this every year. This is like a holiday movie, a theme movie, a gathering thing. And so like, yeah, you've got people who will watch fucking anything with Christmas. And I feel like that's cool. a, that's kind of a moment in history. And I don't want to say it's a boomer thing in like a, the way I normally do. I don't mean it negatively. Like the idea of watching the same movie every year on a holiday, I think exists for a period of time when television was this thing that you had no control over. Uh-huh. You didn't even, you didn't have VHS tapes. Like it was a thing that you just that you just opened opened the television window and invited it into your living room. Yeah, if you wanted to watch TV on Christmas, you were watching Christmas specials, and eventually that became a a habit or a a ritual. It's even more so. I mean, this is this is a right like a a a British production, right? So it's even more so a thing in in that culture when back in the day there were there were four channels. There were four channels, (laughs) right? But but Christmas specials are also a bigger thing in the UK. I kind of had forgotten. Yeah, I wasn't sure if this was a British thing. I mean, it's clearly a British thing in the sense that it it is, but I wasn't sure if it was you know because it's for Netflix, so it's kind of a universe. You know, it's not designed. As a special British thing for British people only. For British eyes only. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, I mean, Austin, I think you hit on something good there, like of that, you know, your your family isn't like that, but a lot of families are as far as like, I think a lot of people get into, like, it feels like it's part of their rhythm to watch, yeah. you know, like, like their kind of annual rhythm to watch specific movies at specific times or like because they bring up certain feelings and when you're like in the end of november and the beginning of december like it brings up the feeling of like this aspect of christmas Mm -hmm. whatever and like sure it's a sense memory yeah Yeah. totally i'm actually as i'm saying that i'm stumbling over my words because i'm realizing that i do the same thing with soup with soup? Uh, yes, I have a tendency to make the same kind of soup around the same time of year every year. <laughs> like, you don't cook enough soup. I make I make too much soup to associate it with any particular time. <laughs> no, I mean like I have a, like like I make Italian wedding soup at like a kind of specific time, and I'll make like potato leek at a later time, and then do like a butternut squash and an avco lemono, and like oh, I kind of make have... upset me. <laughs> <laughs> I kinda, I'm realizing that, like, where some people have sort of like seasonal movies that they watch. You have seasonal soup traditions. <laughs> hey, hey, Italian wedding soup is a Christmas movie, and I'll I fight just... anybody. <laughs> okay, okay, Italian wedding soup is a soup that takes place at Christmas. <laughs> Although, honestly, no, Italian wedding soup is a soup that takes place in September. Sorry, that's yeah, no, just that's... when it comes up. Sure. Yeah. Of um, I'm sorry for suggesting otherwise. Um, sorry, no, that was a okay. that was a big tangent that I where I just no, that's about, what no. this is about. That I, that I yeah. set my biological clock by soup <laughs> <laughs> or my no. circadian. Yeah. Is it still your circadian? Anyway, please. That's your sleep, and the biological clocks. How bad you want babies? Mm. I just want a little baby bowl of soup. <laughs> but the, the batteries, the batteries that the clock runs on, is powered by soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 
let's let's quickly go through the rest of this movie. There's not too much to really like beat by beat as well. Uh, I I can I can summarize a, a chunk of this by saying that the the theft of the star goes pretty poorly. They do mm-hmm. get it out, but there's some some sort of side adventures where Robin finally starts to fly after being told, "Hey, why don't you try flying?" And she's like, "Ah, okay." <laughs> no, it's, it's I, so I like this little sequence. So the heist is successful. They're they're both at the top of the Christmas tree and have and have gotten the star. And uh, Magpie somewhat astutely uh, uses these um, uses the Christmas lights as a, as a grappling hook to bend the tree to the windowsill. Right, like tinsel and candy canes. Yeah, it's all very resourceful, just like a Magpie is. And mm. as we've alluded to many times up to this point. Uh, Robin fucks this up by uh, I, I, Magpie is is off is off and he's holding the the little rope for her to cross and she like doesn't make it and uh, is flung you know catapult style around the room and uh, she lands in something else springy I forget what mm-hmm. and in, in the moment where it, it, <laughs> it flings her right towards the fireplace it is in a <laughs> is how she learns how to fly because otherwise she's about to be a you know cooked. Yeah. Uh, cooked quail, um, <laughs> a little a little game hen. Uh, she's flying around the room. The humans show up. Um, does she get catapulted again, or does she? Does her flying... no? She she flies straight out the window with the star, yeah. and just yeah, then, she, like, she's yeah, cra- she's crashing around the room a lot, trying to get her like. Oh, that's right. Yeah, trying to she, get yeah, her wings going. Because she's never done it before. And then once she kind of gets it, she's like, and goes out the window. Yeah, she I crashes into a, the cat's house. Which I actually is, had uh, a parakeet growing up uh, that did the same thing. She would sit on my shoulder and then she would take like a swing of the room. But there was a long time where she was real bad at flying. So she would like crash <laughs> into walls and stuff. Yeah, we Took all know what a, a bird in the house is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's worth two in the bush, right? Yeah, I'm just glad okay. she never fell into my soup. so we'd have problems (laughs) she she crashes into this old tool shed that the the cat lives in cat sings her scary song well uh and it's fun too so we we, i mentioned before how we kind of give magpie room to be obsessed with stuff in in a materialistic way but in a non-judgmental way because he's a magpie yeah Mm -hmm. and in the same sense this cat is now playing with her food she's just being She's being sadistic and and taking and milking the moment in a way that I think works because we're using animals as metaphor. But also yeah. that she's what the the actual song that she's singing is about fitting in. Um, yes, it's and true. It's, she's... And it's using it's using the fact that like wow you're a shitty mouse. You're bad. Like, yeah, you're such she's... a wow you're such a bad mouse. Whatever. Like you'll never you'll never fit in. Like but then. Having it be no, 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 that, no, totally right. so that, that, that's what I meant. Although I, I should have been more specific, and I'm glad you mentioned it. I love that sh- she's playing with her food metaphorically in the sense, or literally, she's mm. singing to it rather than eating it, but she's being mean. I know she's emotionally manipulating <laughs> she, <laughs> in a way that is just so unnecessary that you have to kind of love how delicious she's, she's being. You know, you'll never be a real mouse. Oh, no, you see. You're a misfit. You're an oddball. You're a freak. No, I'm not. My ears atop a birdie beak. Well, yeah. But I've never seen a bird so curious, so absurd. How about we play a game of hide and seek? If you can. 
Yeah, come on, Agent Scully. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never be a mouse. And then the like it's it's what's inside that counts. There's lots of like talking about her like guts and like <laughs> my, like like mice and birds all look the same on the inside. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, well, doesn't she doesn't she essentially end the song with like a you're gonna fit in to my stomach? To my yeah. Belly. It's got yeah. it's got this is the other place where it's got that really strong sense of darkness. Totally, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it spells it out a little bit at the end, but honestly, like it leaves it as a metaphor for most of the song for like yeah. that I think you know kind of older kids could catch on early and, and a little younger kids could catch on later on but it's really not until the end that she's like I'm talking about eating you I'm talking about eating you <laughs> and Robin's running away and the whole time she continues to just crash into stuff which is <laughs> yeah. takes, it takes this something that has been silly up to this point and it makes it pretty sad yeah, yeah. that she just uh, but believable feels. that she's yeah. got she's got just no grace mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I also like the the big flight, I mean, from like out of the window and into the shed and like we, you know, of course land in like the cat's like lair hangout place. Like this is another one of those times where it's like convenient and we've seen it before, but it also uh-huh. is kind of plausible within the story that they're telling. And I really, I liked it. Like I like, and I like that the shed then happens to be full of fireworks and happen, you know, like yeah. there's like, there's a lot of like happenstance that kind of comes up that obviously is like far-fetched but it really fits with the tone of everything it doesn't feel forced to me so that was so something i the the cat is objectively evil like and is black and white as as a 30 minute christmas movie for kids can can be right like it's it's clear the cat is a bad character but on paper we don't know the cat has not done anything bad up to this point right Uh, she chased them once a little bit Right? Mm-hmm. right, and maybe she ate Robin Robin's parents. Probably. No, of course. There's all these all these inferences you can make, but literally in the space of the screen, the cat has not actually done anything uh, like on paper evil, right? Right. Like, it hasn't yeah. done anything. No actions. No crimes have been committed. Yeah. Well, uh, and so Robin Robin blows up her house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. I mean, I I, I was kind of joking earlier talking about the cat as a Karen, but I do really like the element of like in the scene that she's playing with her food. Like, it's basically this conversation where Robin's like, I'm I'm not a Robin. I'm a mouse. And she's like, you're not a mouse. Look at you. Like, you know, like, look at what, like, what, what bathroom you should use. You know, like, she's like, well, yeah, I'm a Robin. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, well, yeah, like, but, but I identify as a mouse. So like, and she's like, you'll never be a mouse. No, like, she doesn't so... say I identify as a mouse. I no, like no, no, no. She doesn't. She, she doesn't. She's like, I know I'm not a mouse mouse, but like, I'm a mouse. Like, yeah, I'm, exactly. Yeah. The exactly. same way. If you're adopted to a different country, you're like, yeah, I know I, I'm not, I don't look, but I'm from here. I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. I loved the way that they handled that dialogue. And it also was like in such a way that like anyone can understand, like anyone yeah. of any age can understand like, well, shut up. She's a mouse. Leave her alone. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like. Yeah, I don't know. I loved yeah. how I loved how the dialogue in that scene was written because she was like the cat was evil, but in such a way that was both like adversarial and also just like manipulative and insidious. Like, yeah, just hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's sort of talk about the final scenes here. Um, Robin escapes with Magpie, and they go back to Magpie's house with the star, and they set the star up. 
they're you know recreating the ritual of of christmas of what this thing yeah. is supposed to be magpie has this dead old tree out back that he's <laughs> sort of that's that's sort of a like uh i don't want to call it an anti-christmas tree but it's it's the sort of decorated corpse right it's, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's funny, but it is, again, it has just a hint of darkness. <laughs> well, same with when, this is going way back, but when, during the sort of, like, folklore part where Magpie is explaining, like, his understanding of Christmas, where he's like, well, yeah, so they cut down a tree and they bring it inside and they decorate it and it looks amazing. Not as nice as my tree, but really amazing. And, like, the <laughs> yeah. little cutaway to, like, his shitty, like, dilapidated pile of garbage tree, <laughs> like, where he's like, I mean, obviously mine's way better, but it's cute that they tried. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's another yeah. one of those sort of just like nods, winks. It's a, yeah, it's a little joke, but it's also like it's a wink to the back. He's a magpie, right? He loves mm-hmm. trash. Yeah. Uh, so they they make their wishes, right? And it's nighttime and night is falling and they go to sleep thinking about either having like a whole sandwich. But uh, <laughs> Robin kind of changes her wish from like a whole sandwich and realizes, no, wait, I just want to be a real mouse. I don't want to be a bird. I just make me wake up in a mouse body and let me wake mm-hmm. up and I'll be a mouse. Mm-hmm. And then a little star crosses, goes across the night and you think, is this going to get magic? Yeah, yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. There is that moment of just like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the sun rises and there's a little bit of like, they don't reveal like right away. If we, we see whether it worked or not. And then we do sort of see that, Robin has been like crying a little bit and that she well because magpie the mice come for for Robin who's been out all night and of course they're scared shitless but she doesn't right. know to this point that her family cares I mean I, uh, and so these presents that come walking to the front door they're <laughs> yeah. using the sort of Christmas wrappings as as their guys to sneak past the cat yeah uh, magpie believes his wish has come true that stuff is literally stuff. walking yeah to, <laughs> stuff is walking to the house my best and friend yeah. Robin stuff with feet yeah, yeah but Robin's wish does not come true and uh and she does not end up becoming an actual mouse uh but but hot daddy mouse has some words of wisdom <laughs> but like you said like you said talking about um you know sort of like skipping over moments of exposition that we might watch in other movies they totally skipped it cuz like you said she's kind of crying already when she comes out like when she comes out of the house like into the morning um because she has already had the realization that it didn't work like she didn't have to have that she had that off camera you know like and yeah. then magpie's wish comes true and how much does that suck right Exactly, like waking up and still feeling her feathers and wings and long, you know, twiggy legs and like what. You know. So she's like already crying, having made the realization, and we don't have to make it with her. Which I kind of, I don't know. It's just more kind of elegant storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, then there's like a finale that happens, basically, right? I mean, they have, they yeah, have some conversations. The, the cat comes back, so yeah. they oh. Robin, Robin, yeah, the very next day, the very next day, yes, no, uh. Robin finally gets her moment of like, you know, self-actualization where she realizes that her faults can actually be strengths. And she's like, oh, shit, I'm actually just an incredible distraction because of how much of a chaos monster I am. (laughs) And so she starts making all sorts of horrible noises. And the cat's like, what the fuck are you doing? And it gives the family an opportunity to escape. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and and I I really like it. This you know this last sequence is, is simple, it, it but do, it's, it's it good. devolves. It, you know, Austin mentioned when the when the shooting stars like is this show magic? It, it sort of devolves into magic in a, in a very delightful way. The uh, they're at Magpie's house still. The cat is attacking. She gets into the house. Robin creates this distraction to get the mouse to get the cat to chase her. And in the in the kerfuffle, the cat gets sort of buried <laughs> in a in a tremendous amount of uh, metaphorical garbage. I mean, it's real real garbage. She's in yeah. the fall, but she's like the way this sort of monster, right? The way that uh, No Face in Spirited Away is mm. growing. Oh, interesting. Like, I was gonna I was going with the other Miyazaki metaphor with that that uh, that pig god that's covered in all the sludgy. Oh, stuff oh yeah. yeah. So the cat the cat is now this sort of like physical representation of a garbage monster. Uh, <laughs> and is chasing her out of this limb of a branch. The branch crashes, Robin flies and doesn't die, whereas the cat falls comically, uh sort of uh, Three Stooges style into a river, still did, in this ball of trash, and <laughs> washes away. Really, really like as a person who both owns two cats and has spent, you know, all of quarantine just observing, dreaming the two of cats. drowning them. No, <laughs> <laughs> observing the two cats that I live with because you know it's quarantine. Uh, yeah, th- I really loved how that was like how that was animated. How mm-hmm. like how the whole thing and like her you know her eyes and just the way that she was clawing at stuff and whatever. Like there was a very yeah cat like element it's to silly, it, which I was very delighted by. In any in any monster movie or monster story, there's this there's a moment where a the monster a human, gets wet. The, the, <laughs> the monster does get wet. I was gonna say a, a, a monster becomes a physical representation of the the fear that they are right. So this, yeah, she, totally. she gets bigger and grosser and nastier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then gets eaten by a river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the circle of life. <laughs> I really, I really liked there's a, there's a line when she first starts doing the, the distraction where like, I think her dad's like, <gasps> Robin, what, what is she doing? She's being a terrible mouse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really just really great. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know everybody everybody comes together. The family's like, no, you're. Uh, oh, there's an incredible. We, we got a clip drop the dad where he's like, Robin, you're you're not a mouse, but of course you're a mouse. Huh? huh? Sorry, is that confusing? Yeah. What? She's a bird. Exactly. She is a bird. And that's wonderful. And what I mean is, we're the mouse family. All of us. Is the cat one of the family? No, Dink. The the cat tried to eat us. Because she loves us? No, no, because she's a predator. (laughs) Because it loves us? No, it's a predator. (laughs) But where where he explains that, like... She's a mouse because she's a mouse because we're the mouse family. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's so like, <laughs> and we're in yeah. this sort of magical space where they're the only mice that we've met, so they're yeah. the mice. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, there's also something cool that this movie does where nobody gets really gets like proper names. So mm-hmm. you have like Magpie is a magpie and Robin is a Robin. Mouse, the you know the the cat. The mice, yeah, they're not. They ever addressed they by you name. know they're not named like Charles or 
you know, yeah, Othello yeah. or, you know, I mean, Persephone. one of the little mice kids uh, yeah, is named The Pip. little mice have, oh, okay. have a name, but, uh, but, but it's just the, to differentiate between five different mice. Right. Yeah. And the general feel, though, has I that agree. sort of like folktale-y feel, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. tell yeah. me, why did you steal the sun, magpie? Or, you yeah. know, whatever those like. Uh, totally. Sh- yeah. The, the, the character is the animal. It's yeah, not little, like yeah. Digimon where there's multiple Suezos. Right. Oh, God. I just, I love so much, like, the size of this. Because it was, like, nothing about it was grandiose or, like, big. It was, it just felt sort of, like, full and right. Like, they set this little, they set up this little capsule for the story to exist in, and then they filled every corner of that little capsule. I think I'd I'd have been happy with 45 minutes. It felt like... sure. Uh, what was abridged was was a smart abridgment, but that yeah. the story was was still a little quick. Yeah, but if but if you were four, yeah, right. sure. I'm not upset. I like I, this is a good piece of content at 30 minutes. Ugh, I just think I think I think it could have been it, it could have yeah. been 45 minutes. I'm trying to figure out if this was like a 10 minute short film that got out of control. Or if this is like a full length <laughs> movie that had to get pared down because it was well, too I ambitious. Would, yeah, I would say it feels more like the latter. It feels like they made a lot of smart, creative choices to get this into the box rather than milking the story, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, with with you know slapstick and yeah. Because this could have been to, eighty to minutes get... easily. Could have been eighty. Yeah, minutes. you could have made a full movie out of this. It would have been. But I think I think as we mentioned, this is a story that's been told. It's it's folkloric. It's it's Rudolph. It's uh, uh, chiefly, but it's mm-hmm. any it's any story like that where yeah, I don't think it needed to be ninety minutes because we'd be wind up hitting a lot of emotional beats that we're familiar with. Oh, totally. I just at yep. some point in the process, this easily could have been you know it could have been eighty minute script yeah. that got I think you know, I think it'll down. spin into something. Maybe not literally Robin Rob, but I think there'll be a sort of some sort of I think something will come next. I agree. A, I think they'll movie. use these characters again. It's a movie because it's a movie. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, there's there, there's no there's no good place for me to mention this. I just want to read this to you because uh, you mentioned size and it rang, it like rang a bell in my mind. Uh, it's about literal size. I, I found there's like a interview, I think, on Polygon that they did with like the creators of this. And they said. We we built a double size kitchen. So that particular set, all the puppets are 170 percent normal scale. So it was nearly double the size of a real kitchen. And so when we went in there, we would always feel like we had suddenly shrunk and we could actually see the world from Robin's perspective. Oh, like a big Christmas cup. Yeah, you would need to. right? You couldn't do it as small as claymation. I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, it needs to be a little bigger. And yes. Maybe maybe there is a big Christmas cup for Rory at the Artman <laughs> studio. <laughs> I, yeah, actually, I'm glad that you talked about sort of like the literal size about the the yeah. models and puppets that they were using because the like fibers of the felt were like thick. Yeah, they were thick. Like uh, <laughs> there was so there was so much texture and everything just felt everything felt so like sort of touchable and tangible and like i don't know snuggly wuggly yeah like i wanted to put this whole movie on like my mantelpiece (laughs) (laughs) i think we've accomplished the stated goal i think we've talked about this movie and i think we all really probably could recommend it it's yeah i loved it 
it is yeah. uh it is of a bite-sized nature where almost anybody can justify watching 30 minutes of anything. Right. But I think this is a really good way to spend 30 of your minutes. Uh if you have any semblance of your inner child still intact and Ugh. at the forefront of your life, I think that you'll get a fucking kick out of this movie. Um and I, yes. I, I, I was delighted and warmed by it. Uh, this is this is still technically November when we record this, and I think this is my this, my switch has been flipped, and I'm actually now in the Christmas spirit. I'm uh, definitely yeah. going to go back and watch this again for yeah, sure. Like definitely before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what else brightened my brightened my my day and made me get in the Christmas spirit was having Amalia as our guest. I'm ah, so happy to be here, and I'm so happy to be your fire hose of Christmas joy. Um, <laughs> right in the and, cup. You know, right in the cup. Right, right in the cup. Right, in, <laughs> right in the front cup. door. And I just, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to get into with this one, but I'm very relieved that Robin Robin didn't actually do any Robin. <laughs> Not like that rascal Steely Dan. <laughs> It's always that. <laughs> uh, now, guess... now Amalia has dictated what our cold open is. <laughs> I think that's correct. I think it's correct. I think Steely yeah. Dan made it into yeah. the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, listen, everybody. Uh, have a have a happy holiday season. Have a, and a happy new year. New this, year? Is, this is our last episode I of the year. Rudels of New Year. Oh, that's so yeah. Sweet. I also, I mean, I know that this is going to be coming out later, but we're recording this on the second night of Hanukkah. Truth, yeah. yes, absolutely. So while we're while we're within the, you know, acknowledging the holidays of the season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether you yeah, celebrate right. Christmas or Chanukah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, may you have a wonderful, wonderful season, and we will see you again next January. Hey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you want to hear more shows from us, we have two more for you. The Infinite Backlog is our extremely exciting Marvel podcast where we started at 1961 and we move forward with way too much reading. Wham, bam, pow. (laughs) And you get to hear almost every week Rory and Shane complain about how much reading it is. There's so much reading. It's always Warlock. (laughs) It comes out most Saturdays. We've also got I've Read Dune with Rory Voy. Me, Rory Voy. It's a podcast where I have read Dune and they're my captive audience for an hour. Every Wednesday till we finish the book, we're releasing I've Read Dune with Rory Boy, me, and I've Read Dune. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you enjoyed this show or any of our shows really and you want to support us, we do have a Patreon chock full of bonus content. Everything from videos to sound clips to even some fun art that I get to make for you once a month. Um, And, you know, even if you can't support us monetarily, if you don't have anything to give, we would just love it if you joined our Discord and send us memes. Um, (laughs) Send memes to us all day long. Keep us awake all night long with your memes. We love memes. We consume them. Just ruin us with your memes. (laughs) Please ruin us with your memes. (laughs) As always, our links are in the episode description. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Laters. Laters.